talking about having a theology of success because God created you to succeed. God didn't create us to just make it. God didn't create us to just exist. He created us to thrive. How do I know this? Because he said so. He said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, to give you hope, to give you future. That's the God that we serve. We don't, look, we don't serve the God of enough. We serve the God of abundance. We serve the God of the more. Amen. And so the last few weeks we've been talking about this, having this theology of success. And I want to I talk to you this morning about having a winning mentality. Because success begins in your mind. Success begins in how you view life. You know, people say you are what you eat. I say you are what you think. And I, and I want to prove that to you today through scriptures. And I hope you're ready to take some notes because I believe that God will download some things in you that you have to digest during the week and, and, and ask questions like, God, how, how do I implement this in my life? Amen? Because we don't want to be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. Amen? So if you have your Bibles, I'm, I'm going to be in Philippians chapter 4. I'm just going to read one verse to you today, four, verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Are you there? Don't be quiet on me. Um, if you're going to be hollering and shouting tonight, you better start now because um, you're on the winning team already. <laughs> Philippians 4.8 says this. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Can you say amen? You know, the Patriots are in the Super Bowl today, and when it comes to football, they are the epitome of success. Whether you are a Patriots fan or not, whether you are a hater or not, you have to respect the fact that for the last 15 years, they've been the most successful team in the NFL. I mean, that's not me being biased. That's just proven fact that when you make the Super Bowl seven times in 15 years and you win four of them and you're about to win a fifth one tonight, um, that even haters have to respect, right? You could be a hater on the outside, but on the inside, you respect that, right? And you, you can't deny that success uh, is real to the Patriots when it comes to football. But it hasn't always been that way, though, right? I remember when we moved from Cape Verde in 1993, I was 15 years old, and I was not familiar with American football. All I knew was the real football, right? The real football where you actually use your foot most of the time, where you, 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 you're discouraged from using your hands unless you're throwing the ball in or you're a goalie. That's the real football. That's, that's all over the world. It's the real football. It's, you play with your foot, and that's where we played in Cape Verde. And, and so when I came here and was, I mean, I knew there was American football. I just didn't know anything about it, and I was very intrigued right away. Like, man, I'm like, this is exciting, man. They hit each other. Like, this is crazy. This is awesome. But I didn't know anything about it, right? I mean, I, I grew up with meters, and they, they, they counted in yards. I'm like, what is yards? Like, that's, that, that will mess you up if you grow up thinking in meters, okay? Like, what is a yard? <laughs> and how do you measure that? And what is, what is first and 10? What does that mean? You know? And then I was intrigued by the points. Like, uh, how, how do you get, like, wait, so if they throw it really long, that's six points. But if they throw it closer, is it a four? Is it, like, I'm, I was confused, okay? 
and I was intrigued, though, because I'm like, this is exciting, man. They hit each other. Like, this is awesome. I want to know more. And so I did what any 15-year-old kid would do. I went to Pawtucket Public Library and got a book on NFL rules. Like, I wanted to know. Why, 15-year-olds don't do that? Like, that's, that's what I did. I went to Pawtucket Public Library, got a book, and started reading on the rules because I, I was so intrigued. Right? One of the first times I played football in the neighborhood, uh, <laughs> I could tell that I was still a little off because the kids were looking at me weird. And we're playing, and, and there was, I remember one time, it was like, you know, when you're playing football on the streets, everybody starts making up stuff. You guys know that. Like, you make up stuff as you go, as long as it's going to help you win, right? We were having a debate where the end zone was, right? And I thought, man, I was definitely in the end zone, but I thought I was saying end zone. The thing, <laughs> the thing is, I thought the end zone was called the ozone. And the reason why I thought it was called the ozone, because I wouldn't hear end zone, but I, in my mind, it sounded like ozone. I'm thinking ozone layer, like the end of it all. Like, you just get there, and that's a touchdown. So I was like, I was definitely in the ozone, and, and, and I knew it was off when everybody stopped. <laughs> this kid stopped, look, like, looking at me like I was an alien. Like, I remember one kid was like, did he just say ozone? I said, yeah, I did, you know, like, I, I made it. They're like, uh, uh, it's awkward, but... It's called the end zone, not the ozone. So I had to go back to the playbook and figure out some more things about football. But, uh, but I fell in love with football. And, and so obviously when you are here, you know, the, the games that are broadcasted are Patriots games. And so I started watching the Patriots, fell in love with the Patriots. But they weren't that good. Right? 1993, they weren't that good. And I remember 1996 when they made it to the first Super Bowl in my era. Right, when they played the Green Bay Packers. Anybody remember that? Where um, Desmond Howard had like two kickoffs for a touchdown and torched us. I think the final was like 35 to 21. Right? I remember being a senior in high school and I was excited to go to a, my first Super Bowl party, but then be deflated. Hashtag deflate gay too soon. Okay. Because haters will say we're cheat, you know. Spy gate, deflate gate. And then there was a meme today that Belichick. Use a drone to, <laughs> to record Atlanta Falcons games. Now they're calling it the drone gate. You know what I mean? <laughs> Haters always going to hate, you know. But they weren't always good. I remember when Drew Bledsoe came. That was exciting, you know, a new quarterback. I remember when they used to have training camp at Bryan University. Anybody went to Bryan University for training camp? I remember being right next to Bledsoe. I was like, whoa, this is real. Like, he's right here. Um, but they weren't that good. You know, Bledsoe, you didn't know what you're going to get. I mean, Bledsoe had an arm, but you never know where that ball's going to go. <laughs> Bledsoe might throw a touchdown and then throw five interceptions right after. Like, Bledsoe was hit or miss. And I, I remember watching the game when he got hurt, and then we were introduced to this kid named Tom Brady. No one knew about this kid, Tom Brady, that we picked last in the last pretty much pick in the draft. And, you know, the rest is history. Right? I say all that because a... Winning mentality doesn't happen overnight. There's a process to it, right? And, of course, you know, nowadays people are not real fans. You know, people don't stick with their teams to see the process until you get to the point that you can say, man, look, what kind of team we've built, right? It's the same thing, spiritually speaking. It's a process to become who God has created you to be. And if you don't stick to the process, then you don't get to enjoy the side of victory. You don't get to enjoy the side of dynasty, Right? Because no one is a success overnight. 
No one is a success overnight. You know, I, I heard someone say that you know, it takes 15 years to become an overnight success. Right? It takes about 15 years to build a dynasty. And so it's important that we understand that, that God does have a plan. He has a purpose, but it's not going to happen overnight. But it's not going to happen without having a mindset that says, I am going to be successful. You know? And if you pay attention to the pages, we know that that began to shift when Coach Belichick came on and brought a new culture of success and brought a new culture of winning, a new culture of how we're going to do things. Whether you agree with the guy or not, uh, you have to agree with the fact that he has been successful in achieving his goals as far as football goes. right? And it's so awesome to see a team develop. It's so awesome to see a team get to the point now that they're in their seventh Super Bowl. But how awesome to me is to see a person that comes to Christ and then you see their process of how God will take them from just being a mere whatever, sinner, whatever you want to call it, but to a successful man or woman of God according to God's plan for their lives. Can you say amen? Amen. It's an awesome thing about that. And I believe that God is here to remind us that he does have a plan, but it's going to take a process. But it's going to take you. This is my sound weird, guys, but it's going to take you wanting to succeed. Because success is work, right? Success is work, right? I don't know anyone on the Patriots team that would tell you, oh, we just arrived. It's a lot of work to make it to the Super Bowl. Never mind once. That, you know, listen, seven times is, is crazy. If you go look at what football, what it takes to be in a Super Bowl, it's an anomaly what they're experiencing. And I believe God wants you to succeed in your own way. Can you say Amen. amen. Right? But you got to have this mindset that I want to succeed. Right? It doesn't come naturally to us. You know why it doesn't come naturally to us? Because our natural instinct, our sinful nature has a tendency towards mediocrity. Our sinful nature has a tendency towards settling. Right? Our sinful nature has a tendency towards quitting. Right? Our sinful nature has a tendency towards being bitter. And negative, right? So it's not just going to happen, right? It, this is something that you do because, as Paul says, you have fixed your thoughts on winning. I love that word fix. That tells me he doesn't just get up and become positive. You have to train your thoughts to win. Okay? The word fix is another word for training, right? What do athletes do every day? They train. Right? So when game time comes, they're used to it. Why? It's muscle memory after a while to do the things they're going to do on the field tonight. Right? No one gets up without training first to go play in a, in a football game or basketball game, whatever game you want to call it. So how much more, if that's just a game, how much more do I need to train my mind to win in life? Like, like I don't know about you, but I only have one life to live. I mean, there's not like do-overs. Right? Life doesn't have a reset button. Right? You know when you're playing video games, you can like reset and go back to where you were. Right? No, life doesn't give you that luxury. Life keeps going. And so if I'm going to win in life, I better start fixing my thoughts to win. Can you say amen? He said, fix your thoughts. In other words, condition yourself to win. It takes work to be positive. Have you noticed? 
It takes no work to be negative. All you have to do is get up. It takes no work to be negative. All you have to do is go to work. It takes no work to be negative. All you have to do is talk to the wrong person on a particular day. And then goes your whole day. Right? It takes absolutely no work, but it takes a lot of work to be successful. It takes a lot of work to have a mindset that says, I'm going to succeed no matter what it takes. Matter of fact, most people, majority of people, 99.999% of people who have succeeded have first understood that it takes work. 99.99% of people that have succeeded have first understood that failure is not failing. Failure is when you quit. Because most people who have succeeded has first failed. Right? You have to go to a Super Bowl to lose and know how to win. Right? You have to go through some battles and be defeated but not lose the war. Because right? it takes a mindset that says, I'm going to win. Why? Because I was destined to win. I was created to win. Right? Sin got in the way, but Jesus made a way for me to get back to winning. He, got, he made a way for me to get back to the man and woman I'm created to be in the first place. So it, it's going to take some doing. Right? I love this. Now, catch this. This is what I love about the Bible. The Apostle Paul, the man that wrote the verses that we just read, right, is writing this from a very difficult standpoint. He's not writing this from Starbucks on a good day, sipping on his favorite drink and going, man, this will be a great tweet. Right? He's not going, oh, wait. This is amazing. I'm going to go on Facebook and tell people whatever is true and honorable and praiseworthy and amazing. Think about this. He wasn't in Hawaii on vacation going, hey, it's amazing. Everybody should know about this. No. The background is, is this. Paul was in jail. Now, he wasn't in jail for doing anything wrong. He was in jail for preaching the gospel. I don't know if you know this, but there are places in the world right now where preaching the gospel is illegal. We have brothers and sisters incarcerated because they preach the gospel. This is what happened to Paul. Paul was behind bars because he preached the gospel. But what's fascinating about Paul is, Paul is behind bars, but he's not confined to his bars. I don't know if you caught that. Paul is behind bars, but he's not confined to his situation. Why? Because Paul has his mind fixed on something greater than his circumstance. You don't win in life when everything is lined up. You win in life because you made up your mind to win. You made up your mind that you're going to succeed. You don't, you don't make up your mind when everything is roses because I don't know when that's ever going to happen in life. But the truth is, your disposition in life has a lot to do with your attitude. Your disposition in winning in life is about what's on the inside of you. Because you could be behind bars, but the bars don't have to hold you. Now, you can equate that to whatever bar you want to put in your life, right? The bar of less education or the bar of, of, of making mistakes or the bar of society or the bar of your race or ethnicity or whatever it is. Listen, Paul says he's in jail, but the jail does not hold him. I love that because it would be easy for him to say this if he was living in a place like the United States of America with all the freedom in the world. But I'm so glad he's saying this from behind bars. Can we stop the lights from flickering, please? That would be fantastic. Okay. Just shut them all off. Okay. I don't want to, like, have a spasm up here. I'm trying. (laughs) Preach. And we are charismatic church. Y'all think I'll be in the spirit. 
but I'm actually having a spasm. Okay, shut them all off. Unplug it, man. Do what you got to do. But let's not let this be a distraction. We got too much goodness going on here. Stay, can you stay locked in right here? You know, um, I don't want to like sound weird or anything like that, but you know, when you're talking about winning, there's also an enemy that doesn't want you to win. It will do whatever it takes to distract us from God's word, and I don't want that to happen to us. Um, so let's stay locked in on what God has for us. Amen. But Paul is behind bars, but his attitude is, I'm going to stay focused. I would encourage you, go home and read this, this entire cha- uh, uh, book. It's only four chapters. But notice how many times he uses the word joy, but he's in jail. You know why he uses the word joy over and over again? Because people think it's about happiness. It's actually about joy. Happiness is what happens to you. Joy is the fruit of the spirit that's inside of you already. Okay. Paul lives by the spirit of God, not by what happens to him. Too many people live their lives on what happens to them. Too many people are going to be happy based on their, their circumstances. Guess what? You're always going to be schizophrenic about life. If you don't make up your mind that I'm going to be joyful in life because I have the spirit of God in me, I'm going to win no matter what. It says fix your thoughts. So it tells me it doesn't just happen. If he didn't fix his thoughts, he would be depressed. He's in jail. He didn't even do anything wrong. Fix your thoughts, he says. Train your thoughts, he says. Discipline your mind, he says. To think about things that are going to help you win. Look what he thinks he talks about. He says, fix your thoughts on truth. Because if you don't fix your thoughts on truth, you'll fall for lies. Two, he says, Fix your thoughts on honorable things. Why? Because we live in a very dishonor society. It's not honorable to go to work and talk about your boss. It's not honorable to want a marriage to succeed when you're talking bad about your spouse. It's not honorable to want your kids to do well in life when you're speaking lies over them and anger over them and defeat over them. So if you don't fix your thoughts on being honorable, you will be dishonorable. And it's very easy to be dishonorable in our society. Look how we talk about the president of the United States. I don't care if you believe in his politics or not, but man, that's the higher office. Like, if I want honor in my life, I better start giving honor because you give what you get. Right? Just fix your thoughts on what is right. You know, righteousness leads to righteous living. It's easy to be unrighteous in our society. It's very easy. It doesn't take much. All you have to do is get up. Because <laughs> your flesh will take you to unrighteousness. Right? He says, fix your thoughts on righteousness. Fix your thoughts on what is pure. Why? Because everything around us is so vile. Right? How is it that we live in the greatest country in the world and we in the greatest industry in the world in this country is pornography. Think about it. Right? Telling me that's not an enemy? That's trying to make sure we stay in the carnal, we stay in the flesh, we stay the old us. No, the devil's a liar. We're a new creation. We, we go into things that are pure. That's going to edify me. And it's going to edify others. He says, think about love. It's so easy to hate so easy 
I mean, I mean, what I don't know about you guys, but what I see with our society, what was really shown, is how hateful we are. Everybody was preaching tolerance until someone didn't agree with them. I'm like, what happened to tolerance? Because everything I'm seeing is intolerant. Right? What is it that tolerance is only if I agree with you? <laughs> That's not tolerance. That's intolerance at its highest. Right? Tolerance is supposed to be like, if, even if I don't agree with you, I'm going to respect you. I'm going to honor you because you deserve your... You deserve to have your freedom to say what you want to say or to be what you want to be. Right? So this stuff is not just going to happen. It's going to take some doing. And then, and then I love that. He says, you know, think about things that are admirable. You know what's crazy about fallen nature? Fallen nature loves to see other people fall. Admirable means, man, I, I, I am excited to see you succeed. And I love that because when you succeed, it's a blessing to me. But if you have a fallen nature, you become jealous over people who are doing admirable things. Like, I've seen people hate on Tom Brady. I'm like, man, you, you definitely don't have a spirit of winning in you. Because whether you don't like the team or not, you have to respect the individual for what he's accomplished. But if you don't have a new spirit in you, it's easy to hate on people for succeeding. Come on, talk to me. He said, Thanks, fix your thoughts on things that are excellent. It's not easy when you live in a mediocre society. When I was a high school teacher, sometimes the kids would celebrate that they passed. I'm like, you're celebrating a C? Do you know what you're doing? You're conditioning your mind for mediocrity. When you celebrate a C, you're saying, I'm just going to be average. And, and you think it's just a, a paper? No, no, no. That's a mindset that's going to stay with you. If you don't break out of it, right? If you don't break out of the C mindset, you're going to live a C life. That's That's the reality. That's the truth. So you got to, you got to eliminate some things. What does Belichick do when he comes in? He eliminates some things, including some people. Right? You don't win if the people with you don't want to win. You don't win if the culture is not one of winning. So, so the process of fixing your thoughts starts with eliminating. Because in order to add, sometimes you've got to subtract first. Come on, I'm preaching good today. You want to, you want to, everybody wants to add. But in order to add, sometimes you've got to subtract. You've got to subtract some things out of your life that's keeping you from winning. And that includes people sometimes. You got to make up your mind that I'm going to win and I'm going to have a winning team around me. I'm going to have a winning attitude around me because I'm not going to let anybody keep me from winning. I'm not going to let anybody keep me from what God has for me. And so, and so a winning person doesn't make any excuses and they don't allow others to make excuses for them. That's what I love about Belichick, right? You hate him or love him, whatever. You know, he got the best press conferences that I believe in. <laughs> I absolutely love his press conferences. Because I look at it from a leader's standpoint. He's like, I might give you nothing. Nothing. Why? Because it's not about you. It's about these guys right here, what we're doing behind the scenes that's going to make us win. Okay? So, so take that 
That's a great thing to take from his playbook. Give the haters nothing. But give your team everything. You know? Give them everything. Let me give you a practical example. On Facebook, you will never see me comment on someone's negativity. Ever. Don't have time for it. Because it's like, man, I, that's not my energy. Imagine, I would never go there. Right? You don't build a successful church by focusing on haters. You build a successful church because you know what you're building it for. You know who, who you're trying to reach. Right? And if it doesn't fit that, then there's another one. But us, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to do what God has called us to do. It's wasted energy, people. Trying to prove people who don't want to be proven. It's wasted energy. Right? That's why he doesn't give me anything. He's like, it doesn't matter what he says. It's the media. They take sound bites. Do whatever you want to do with the sound bite. That's why Brady now has become <laughs> a disciple of Belichick. And I think it's awesome. Why? Because they're too focused on their mission. See, when you have a focus, then you know how to subtract. Let me give you another practical thing about life. Listen, you want to succeed, you got to learn to say no. Successful people say more no than yes. Why? Because you have to say no to the things that doesn't fit your mission. There's a lot of good things we can do as a church, but it will keep us from the great things that we can do as a church if we say yes to everything that's good. We have to say no to good so we can say yes to great. Okay? And people don't understand that. I've had people come, Pastor, can we do this? Can we do that? No, 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 no. What can we do? Let's do what we can do and do it great. I'm not trying to do a million things. I'm just, I want to do a few things and do them excellent and do it to the best of our abilities. That's our focus. Because a lot of churches go in hundred different directions and hit nothing in the process. Learn to say no. Learn to say no. Like practice saying no. Because you won't succeed if you're a people pleaser. Oh, come on now. You won't succeed if you're trying to please everybody and their mama. Figure out who matters and fix your thoughts on pleasing them and say no to everybody else. I'm trying to help us with life today. Okay. Process of elimination. Write that down. If we're going to succeed, there's got to be a process of elimination. Okay. If I, if I want to succeed financially, there's got to be a process of elimination. Can't be buying everything. <laughs> got quiet. You can't be trying to buy a house, but you're shopping every weekend. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I get some water. I, I, water break. Time out. There's timeouts in games. Time out. Cut the commercial. We're back. We're back. I'm trying to help us with life. Amen? Amen. You got to have a game plan. Please write this down. I'm going to give you a game plan. No one wins without a game plan. You know, football is the ultimate game of strategy. Because the offense is trying to dissect the defense, and the defense is trying to dissect the offense. And they go back and forth. Like, I don't know enough. Right? But, man, there's a lot that goes into it. I don't know enough to know, like, what's a 4-3 defense and all of that stuff. I wish I knew because I'm fascinated by that stuff, that it's a game of 
chess going on between two teams, and there's, there's, there's coaches upstairs watching everything and, and talking to each other downstairs and figuring out, okay, what's the best play that we can run here that's going to help us succeed? The rest of us, we're just waiting on commercials. They're waiting on the next play, right? They have a game plan, and that game plan is not like on the fly. They, for two weeks now, they've been working on a game plan. We're not going to win on the fly. We need to have a game plan. You need to have a process that you're going to put yourself through to succeed. Yeah. Right? You've got to have a process. And I want to give you some things today. Right out of this, this scripture that we just read. But I want to, I want to start by giving you this. Romans 12.2 tells you this. That, that, that you've got to have a process to win. Look what, what, what the Bible tells you. Look, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. We already talked about them. Right? But let God transform you into a new person. By doing what? By changing the way you think then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good pleasing and perfect if you're going to succeed you cannot conform you have to be transformed right the word transform there is a powerful word in the Greek because the Bible was written in Greek you know what the word transform is it's the word metamorphosis you know what the word metamorphosis is you ever seen a grub go from a mere grub to a butterfly that's the transformation he's saying like you cannot stay a grub you have to transform into this butterfly metamorphosis is like when Michael Jackson was black and became white like that's metamorphosis okay. it's a transformation <laughs> you, can't <laughs> you can't stay the same MJ knew that. I had to transform myself. Okay? <laughs> it's the transformation. That's when you know Christ is really operating in you. There's been a transformation, an inward transformation that actually reflects your outward. Isn't that amazing when people get, get saved? They look younger. Why? Because they eliminated some things in their life that's keeping them from actually aging correctly. I find that amazing. I see it all the time. Right? Someone that looked like they were 50, but they were actually 30 years old. Because they were beating themselves up, but all of a sudden, the Lord begins to transform them. And now they're like 30 again, and they're dateable again. We do everything here. I told you guys, we do everything here. Okay. From the cradle to the grave here, like we, we take care of everything, including life insurance. That's heaven <laughs> okay but you got to have a game plan okay i want to give you some practical things here how to renew your mind how to be transformed okay number one is this you got to renew your mind daily this is a daily thing you know why it's a daily thing because if you don't your mind will take you back to who you used to be it's, your mind is not good or bad it's what you condition it to your mind is like, a, put it this way, your mind is like a computer. Okay? It needs the right software to operate correctly. And with every software, you got to be aware of viruses. So you have to keep updating it and making sure that it's running the way it's supposed to run. That's how your mind operates. Okay? So it's up to you to download the software. God is giving you the computer. Right now, you got to download the right software. It's up to you what's, what comes in and stays in. Right? John Wesley said, listen, if a bird flies over your head, you can't help that. Birds will fly. But if a bird sits in your head and builds a nest, that's on you. 
Right? Some people just sit there like, it is what it is. Wait, you just going to let the, the bird just build? Right? Some people are, it's just the way I am. Well, well then, then you're just going to be that way? Or you're going to work on getting rid of this stupid bird nest over your head? It could fly, but it doesn't have to land. You get what I'm saying? You got to renew your mind daily. Right? How do you do that? I want to give you some practical examples. How do you read your mind? It's what you feed your mind. Like, what music do you listen to? Like, seriously, Plato said the best way to convey a message is through music. So what music do you listen to? Because whatever music you listen to, you're conditioning your mind to that. I just like the beat. Well, if the beat is good, but the lyrics are filthy and not edifying your mind, then you're an idiot. You're letting the wrong nest be built over your head. Why do we start every service with worship music? It's conditioning our minds to get into the presence of God. If that's true on Sunday, then why should it be different on Monday? Like, I don't know about you. I don't want to just win on Sundays. I want to win every day. Right? So what do I listen to tells me a lot about if I want to succeed. And I'm not talking about Christian music versus Christian music. I'm talking about being smart about what I'm feeding my mind. That's what I'm talking about. Because I don't want to have this weird conversation about what's, what's Christian, what's not Christian. Because there's a lot of terrible Christian music. <laughs> just be real. Just because you say Jesus means a good song. Right? I'm talking about the art form that's going to help elevate your spirit. Okay? No, we live in a great time where if you want, if you're serious about renewing your mind, man, you have a million podcasts available to you. Like, I try to listen to a podcast from different perspectives all the time. I'm not a business person, but I listen to business podcasts because I want to know how they think. Right? You want to grow your marriage? Then listen to stuff that's going to build your marriage. You want to be a better parent? Then listen to stuff that's going to make you a better parent. Want to grow your business? Well, then listen to other people who succeeded in business. You know, this week I listened to an interview by the CEO, or actually ex-CEO of Home Depot. Right? Home Depot is one of the biggest companies in the world. 350,000 employees. Right? And they have stores, not just in America, but throughout the world. And this man was like, man, I was called to be the CEO of Home Depot. I've never been a CEO in my life before. He said, how do I do this? And it fascinated me. You know what he said? He said, the first thing I did, I found a tape by a preacher who was talking about how to have vision and structure. And he said, if people only realize that what you learn in church can be applicable to every area of your life. Because the mistake a lot of us make is, oh, that's church. No, if you're paying attention, this is life. We're trying to teach you how to do life. Right? He said, that thing set me up to be the best CEO I can possibly be. Right? Because you're taking principles that are applicable in any area of life. But you've got to renew your mind to know that. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing. Hearing of the word of God. So if I want to grow my faith, then I need to be hearing more about faith during the week. What are you, what are you reading? Don't tell me you don't like to read. Because you tell me you don't like to read, you tell me you don't like to succeed. Because leaders are readers. You like to read, there's audio books. I'm listening to an audio book right now. Think and Grow Rich. Thank you, Freddie, for recommending it. Right? There's always room for growth. 
Those who want to grow will find a way. Those who don't want to will find excuses. We have a bookstore over here. We try to get the best books possible available. When was the last time you stopped by and grabbed the book? You said, man, I'm going to edify myself. Come on, talk to me. Right? you got to have this conviction. Here's the conviction that I want you to have. Every day, every day, and I mean like Monday through Sunday, I want to learn something new. One thing. You know, sometimes I read one blog. You don't have to read your Bible every day, but can you read one verse? And, and, and meditate on that verse and let that verse speak to you throughout the day. Right? Have this conviction. Today I'm going to learn something new. Right? And, and, and get up the next day and say, today I'm going to learn something new. Please don't get up and go on Facebook the first thing in the morning. Get up and go, go to God's word first thing in the morning. You know how many apps we have available now that those who want it will find it? Right? Philippians, for example, four chapters. Can we take these four chapters this week and say, Lord, teach me. Teach me. Can you say amen? amen? Number two, when you renew your mind, then you learn to speak success. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? In other words, what you put in will come out. Right? And it's so much easier to, 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 to speak success when your mind has been renewed, to think success. The Bible says that there's life and death in the power of your words. That's a powerful thing, right? So your thoughts will affect your speech. That's why Paul says, fix your thoughts, right? Because when you fix it on noble things, you're going to talk about noble things. When you speak, when you focus on purity, you're going to talk about purity. When you, when you focus on righteousness, you're going to talk about righteousness. When you focus on success, you're going to talk about success. So you avoid being negative at all costs. Why? Because you don't want to corrupt the, the culture of success. That's so good. I hope you catch that. It's not just words, people. It's creating an environment. One of the things we're talking about at home, trying to be very careful with what we're talking about around the kids because it gets on them. Right? We're going to fight. Of course we're going to fight, but can we try to fight when they're not around? Right? And teach them how to get through arguments without losing our minds. I'm just being real with you. We've got five kids. That ain't easy to do. Okay, they're all under the age of 10. <laughs> Hello, somebody. <laughs> a lot of speaking in tongues going on. <laughs> My house. But please, church, no defeated talk. No defeated talk. It's not your vocabulary anymore. You're a new person. The old has gone. The new has come. It's going to take some training. But guess what? You can do it. You can do it. You can establish a vocabulary of winning. You can establish it. Why? Because, because listen, success will breed success. It attracts things to you when you have a vocabulary of winning. Can you say amen? I'm running out of time here. Number three, this is so powerful. Learn to visualize winning. Did you know this? That the athletes, the best athletes in the world will tell you that they visualize they play before they play. They run through it before they get on it, on the court. Right? If that's so about sports, how much more do I need to do that in life? Like, you need to sit down and ponder how I'm going to overcome this. You know what great mistake I see all the time from adults? Adults, not just kids. Adults will make the same mistakes, but never analyze it why they keep making it. 
That's not winning. You can't keep making the same mistakes and say it is what it is. What are you going to change? You know how you change it? By sitting down and, and thinking through how I got here in the first place. And how am I going to do this differently? That's what meditation is. The Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. He's saying, like, stop and think about, and I don't have time. Well, you don't have time to succeed. Okay, we got to stop with the excuses. Right? Visualize winning. Listen, your mind is a powerful thing. Fill it with the right imagination. Because if you allow your mind, your mind will take you places you don't want to go. But you can condition your mind to think and, and, and focus on the things you, that you want to go in life. Listen, fill your imagination with possibilities. That's, good. That's what they do. They visualize, how can I get this touchdown? How can I run this play? Right? Before they do it, you know they have what they call walkthroughs. Right? They're just walking through the place. How much more do I need to do in life? Right? Have you walked through being debt-free? Like, walk through it. See yourself being debt-free. Walk it and say, like, man, this is how I'm going to go from point A to point B to C to D because it's not all done in one day. Right? But, but man, it feels good to know, man, I, just get, I got from A to B. Cross that. I don't know how I can get to C. Can you see yourself being debt-free? Because all you, if all you keep saying is, ah, one day. One day is never going to come. But it's one day at a time that you get to be in debt-free. Can you visualize your business growing? Can you see yourself making double next year? Because you're setting yourself now for next year. Everybody's thinking it's going to come. No, it's what you're doing right now that's conditioning your year to come. Can you visualize a better marriage? Because think about it. The way you see your spouse is the way you're going to treat her. Can you visualize yourself getting through a conversation without fighting and, and being angry and yelling at each other? No, it is what it is. No, it can't. It could be something different. Because, listen, I've been saying this. I'll say it again. I don't want to look successful. I want to be successful. If I can't be successful at home, then it's not success. Visualize it. See it. See yourself leading a ministry. Why not? Why not lead a ministry? No, my leaders know, like, you come up with an idea, are you willing to run with it? Because it's not just about passing the buck. Yo, it would be great if you guys did this. Uh, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to take the mantle and say, we're going to do this? I'll lead the way. Because it's easy to pass the buck, right? Can you see yourself? Leading a ministry. See yourself growing in faith. That you're always not going to be skeptical or, or doubting and, and worry or frustrated. No, see yourself growing. See yourself become the man of God, the woman that God created you to be. Don't look at others and think, I'll never be that. Why not? Why not? Same God. Same spirit. Same Bible. Same principles. Visualize it. Can you say amen? Two more. Number four. Inspire others. I'm telling you, if, it, if something inspires you, share it. Share it. You know why? Because it is more blessed to give than to receive. God will trust you with more when you share it. 
And I don't mean just money. I'm talking about share whatever you came across that helped you. That's why we do this thing. We exchange books. We've been talking about different books. Why? Man, he blessed me. He's going to bless you. Share what you're learning in the process. Why? Because God says, then I can trust you with more. You're not hoarding it. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Inspire others and see it come back to you. Right? Success will breed success. That's why, you know, we were talking about, we get excited talking about this stuff. Why? Because it's like, man, now I'm getting energized. Seeing someone else succeed. I just went to Freddie's house. He just bought his house. Man, that energizes me. It makes me happy to see another brother of mine succeed and get his house and be blessed. I know it was a, it was a battle for him to get his house. Man, so you, when you walk in, you see it. You're like, man, praise God. Thank God. It went through a lot to get there. But, man, it's so sweet to see it. Because then you're like, man, what else can we do? What else can we do? Last one today. Learn to celebrate success. Learn to celebrate it. You, you heard me say this. I'll, I'll say this for the rest of my life. I may not be there yet, but I'm on my way. Yeah. Celebrate where you are and celebrate where you want to be. Right? Don't compare yourself to others. We all have our own journey. I'm happy for Freddie, but I have my own journey. Right? And so my story doesn't have to be a story, but I can celebrate that. And I can celebrate what God's doing in my life. Right? I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. Count your blessings. They're all gifts. It's all a gift. Being alive today is a gift. Some people get up and complain. Some people get up and are grateful. And gratitude, man, is one of the key in life. You want to live a full life, be grateful. Right? You may not be there yet, but, man, I woke up. I told you, sometimes you got to be around. you got to drive around your car and go, man, thank God this is paid for. The other one is coming, but in the meantime, I'm glad I got one already. I'm driving around. It's paid for. Next time a kid graffiti your car, finish it for them. <laughs> yeah, yo, you forgot to put the hashtag, thank God. Because <laughs> we live in New Bedford. <laughs> but when you celebrate success, it pushes you towards the next one. That's what I love about it. I love being able to write down goals because it's like, all right, Cross that one off. We go to the next one. Right? Because some of the goals, to be honest, I have some goals that right now is going to take about five years. Okay? But you, you cross things stuff as you go. Right? Because if you don't have a, a focus for five years, then guess what? You'll do whatever. Right? Learn to celebrate success. I want to leave you with Paul's words here from Philippians. Again, I pray you go home and read it. But look, behind bars, remember, look what he says. For I can do everything through Christ. Who gives me strength. That's a winning mentality, people. I can do everything, not some things. Everything through Christ. Who gives me strength. Everything, not some things. Because sometimes we spiritualize this. Like it's just about church. No, no, no. It's about your life. Okay. He wrote this behind bars. He's saying, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That needs to be our mantra. That needs to be our motto. That needs to be our focus. That needs to be our drive. I can do everything. And if I can add one thing to Paul's words here, it's just simple this. I can and I will. Okay? I can and I will because I'm not going to live in my mind. I'm just not going to be, today you heard the word, but you better put it to use tomorrow. I can and I will. Come on, say that with me. I can and I will. Come on, say that until you believe it. I can and I will. Now, get this. Can you do that tomorrow when you don't feel like it? 
Can you do it when there's no feelings? Because that's when you really win. If you're waiting for the right feelings to come around, you're going to be waiting for a long time. Right? I can and I will is a principle that I live by.